we're back with another episode of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. This is Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here from Lakers Fast Break. Pop Culture Cosmos, where we cover the latest news and trends in pop culture each and every week, twice a week, wherever you get your podcast, plus also as well, of course, Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Go ahead and check our thoughts out this week for NFL Week 7. Already? Week 7. Goes by oh so fast, but yes, Week 7 in the NFL, and we'll make sure we give you the hot tips for your fantasy football league, or in some cases, like in my running back situation, the mashed football league, because I've got a lot of guys that are heading to the IR. But if you go ahead and listen to us, we'll give you the ideas on how you could go ahead and get around trouble like that to go ahead and win your fantasy football league. So go ahead and join us for IS Fantasy Football. Also, as well, of course, Joe Soro who will be late. He uh, had some internet issues before we came on the air, so he's, uh, I think, re-plugging in his computer. I hope it's a computer that's based in the 2000s, so maybe that could be the reason why that he's having a little trouble. But yes, when he's live, he actually is part of LakersBall.com, as Ox1947, and of course support his company, Simblades. Simblades with a Y.com. Also as well, Go ahead and make sure you check out the guys at Lakerholics.com. Jamie Sweet, Mr. Five Things, and the number one Lakers blogger that's out there, Laker Tom. Go ahead and check them out today at Lakerholics.com. Our good friends, Empire Jeff TV, Lakers in Five. Plus also as well, go ahead and check out John McCalian at the John McCalian YouTube channel. Go ahead and check out all those great channels today on YouTube. And speaking of YouTube, go ahead and check out right there for you the little Joe logo. There's Joe still having some internet trouble, as I see. Yeah, he's not, you're not holding the signal, Joe. Sorry, my friend. You're not holding it at all. You've just got one bar or an X. That's not a good sign. I think someone needs to chew out their internet company here in the not too distant future which I've had to do before, and it's not too pleasant. But go ahead, and speaking of Joe, since you can't see him on the screen right now, because unfortunately his internet is not working very well, please go ahead and click on the little Joe right below Magic Man, and go ahead and get the latest notifications on when we go live on the air. (laughs) Joe Rant gets Wi-Fi, please. Uh, He will, he will. Uh, With the latest... Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Uh, Joe is still trying. Give him an A for effort. He's trying. He's there. He's like at two frames per second. <laughs> Magic and I are just observing what's going on. We're like looking down at the guy. Uh, poor guy. Poor Joe. No one deserves this. This is still, we're based on the uh, world and internet. You know, how, Magic Matt, how long has the internet been? Alive, what 92, 93, or or actually was earlier in the 80s, correct? Is that is that correct, my friend? Yeah, around like 87, 88. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But basically, as a thing, mid to late 90s, right? Yeah, seeing Joe tells me we haven't gone for yeah, we're like back in dial up days. (laughs) That 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 right there was AOL, (laughs) that was AOL right there. You got mail. 
But I would tell you, it's a great time to be a Lakers fan. The Lakers season is right around the corner. The exhibition season is almost done with one more game left coming up on Thursday. I do want to mention, and I got to remind Magic Man, and I got to send him an invite as well. Magic Man has said he's going to be part of the Lakers Fast Break Fantasy Basketball League. If you are interested in being part of it, please let me know. LakersFastBreak at Yahoo.com, and I will send you the info. The draft for the league that we are currently having is going to be right there on the first day of the season. Just about, I think, right around game time, right around just before game time happens. So want to make sure that everybody knows that it's going to be coming out on October 24th. So if you're interested in joining us for Lakers Fantasy Basketball, please go ahead and let me know. LakersFastBreak at Yahoo.com. But Magic Man is here. He's the madman. From Toronto, he did get out of Toronto traffic to go ahead and join us for today's show. It is the Magic Man, Sean Grice, with a crystal clear internet signal. <laughs> Always great to have you here, my friend. <laughs> Joe Whitby. Comes on the air. I can tell you that already. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Dial- right, well, whatever happens, when we get Joseph back, and it's a great signal, then he can go into his rant because I know he wants to. So it's probably got we, like a 2800 baud modem, I think. Well, because you know, he Motorola, was, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> money is no object, Gerald. I used to sell those all the time back in the day, so you know, people used to pay a pretty penny for those, but. Yes, they were expensive and the best. Need I digress on that? But I, back in the modern day, the Lakers, uh, two and three, going into their final game mm-hmm. of the exhibition season later this week in Palm Springs against the Suns. Uh, we're starting to get some assessments on the team, but we're starting to see some prognostications from a lot of people out there in the media. So I ask you, my friend, the most recent article that came up was in NBA.com. Uh, Several other writers uh, got a chance to go ahead and share their thoughts, this time on the NBA.com, which is what we're focusing on, on the Western Conference. And when you look at it, of course, the Denver Nuggets and the Phoenix Suns, two of the most popular teams right now as far as favorites for the Western Conference, they're at the top two or top three. Memphis gets a little bit of love in there. And the Lakers, though, they've been picked anywhere by these experts from third to seventh in the Western Conference. So I ask you, my friend, we have seen where the Lakers are being thought of in the context by a lot of our own experts that we polled from around the world, literally U.S., Canada, Mexico, U.K., we have actually spoken to, you know, even as far out as the Philippines. Oh, here he is. And we'll, we'll let you go ahead and talk in a second, my friend, because I know you got a lot to say about your internet. But Magic Man, your thoughts when you see the NBA.com writers prognosticate the Lakers anywhere from third, fifth, or seventh? Yeah, absolutely, Gerald. And uh, before we start, just uh, a note: the uh, the Lakers did have uh, three cuts today. They announced that uh, 
Scotty Pippen Jr., Damian Baugh, and Vincent Valerio Baden were all cut, Gerald. So Yeah, I was gonna mention that at the end of the show. But yeah, sure. I know the, the issue of Scotty Pippen Jr. is going to be really something of, of interest, but we'll hold that till later in the show, my sure. friend. But when you see as far as the prognostications of third, fifth, and seventh from these NBA.com writers, what does that say? I think that says mo- mostly the experts that the NBA employed to for this survey, Gerald, kind of agreed with all the experts we had, uh, except for one, curmudgeon John Voida from Bright Side of the Suns, who said we were overrated. I think you're dead wrong, Johnny, but we're going to find out when the season starts. Uh, other than that, Gerald, yeah, everyone kind of said the Lakers would, would slot anywhere from about uh, second to fifth. Uh, mm-hmm. Most people had a third. Um, I, I think that's that's for the for the taking right now. <clears throat> given given Memphis's uh, issues with their depth and Jaws going to miss twenty five games. I mean, I, I don't expect them to to trail off that much, but I also don't expect them to uh, to be top top heavy in the in the West either. They're I, think they're going to tread water you look at uh, the other who the hell knows teams minnesota new orleans dallas the clippers um there's only about a handful of teams that you can really slot in potentially to a top five it's the suns the nuggets the lakers um maybe somebody wants to uh wants to uh slide memphis in there in fourth or fifth but for for the matter of speaking i i I get seventh if we're in if there are injuries, but I don't I don't even see us slipping to seventh uh, unless we're completely like a mash unit. So I actually agree with a lot of them, Gerald. Surprisingly, I think we'll finish probably third to fifth. Also here today, a good man indeed. You got to go ahead and check him out today. It's Oxide T forty seven at LakersBall.com. He is also the owner of Simblades. Simblades with a Y dot com. It is Joe Sorrow and Joe. Finally, good to have you here. Before we get into your thoughts on the prognostications of others, including the NBA.com writers, which we're talking about for today's subject, any thoughts on your internet company after your little internet trouble just now? It's been getting a little worse. It wasn't bad for a while. And then now it's getting kind of choppy every now and then. Uh, it was it, There was a problem earlier today. I didn't restart the, the modem and all that stuff. So, but let me ask you a question. Why should you have to? Well, I'm going to talk to frontier tomorrow. So we're going to, we're going to get some free money. I'm going to get some free (laughs) upgrades or whatever, because this is unacceptable, especially for the money I pay. Well, you can tell them, you could just have them look at, and and this is, you know, again, this is to show you proof of that. This is, this is the, this is always my worry with, you know, I've had direct TV for years and, it's gone out like twice during a rainstorm, right? Maybe maybe three or four times total. But even when it did go out, it wasn't out in in a sense where, oh my God, I'm, it's down for three hours or even like 10 minutes. It goes in phases and then it goes away eventually. Streaming is not, I've never been a fan of streaming. I actually got clowned by my computer science nerd friends whenever I told them I would get movies and put them on a, on a, on an external They're like, what do you need all that information on an external? Just stream it. What do you need it all for? Well, 
I need it so that when I want to play something, it actually plays instead of you jackasses needing a, an internet. And if it goes out, then you're screwed. So it, the more and more the streaming world becomes more and more stupid, the the better uh, I feel about my decision years ago. <laughs> I like I just, outdoors. You're using your neighbor's Wi-Fi right now. <laughs> <laughs> I can drop a hot. He got his Netflix all fixed up too. I, that doesn't work. It's too far. <laughs> He's tried. But Go back on. to back to the subject at hand. I I think my internet is fine. Sometimes it needs a reboot, and it did, uh, and it's fine right now. But. I don't want to draw too much attention to the clowns that make predictions. Most of them are untalented schlacks. Schlacks is a word that I use. It's not very known, but that's what I call them. Um, it's a slap. Anyways, it, it, schlacks. Yeah, no, Just no, remember no, no, schlacks. No, no. Like, I like to be original. Like I like to be original. I like to make up words that make that that sound funny. And if you're gonna say if you're gonna say I see the Lakers being a fifth seed or a sixth seed, okay, I'll. You don't know what's gonna happen with AD and LeBron. They might get injured, and that's where they fall. But to say that they're overrated, I need to know what that means. I'd like to get you on the show, and I want to know why you think the Lakers are overrated. What makes you think that this team is overrated, and what makes you think they're overrated after watching them play five preseason games now? I really want to know because I know what I saw and I know Gerald saw it and I know John saw it and I know a lot of you guys saw it. So I want to know what exactly had you seen in the first quarter and most of the first half that makes you think that this team is overrated because they have never played like this in the LeBron AD era in terms of making shots. So you're going to have to convince me on, on your expertise. Now you could come back and say, well, it's preseason. Okay. Okay, if I start seeing them do the same thing in the first five games of the season, then your ass is mine. Now, now you're going to have to really backpedal or go away because we've seen enough basketball to know what's, you know what, and what's good. And right now they're playing well. And if they had played the starters for three quarters in every one of these games, the Lakers would have won every, every, uh, every preseason game. And that's a fact. We said during the summer, Darvin Ham is going to have a, have to operate this team with and without with or without LeBron James. There was a little bit of a tease during the playoffs where LeBron was sitting and the Lakers were playing well still. So you already saw the signs. Now they added a little bit more firepower on top of that and paid the guys that were doing that during the playoffs. So they're even more motivated now they got paid. You got a recipe for a team that's going to play very well. And we're going to get a chance to see it, and I, we're going to get a chance to basically say, maybe you all should just quit your jobs. Because the only the only reason why you exist, and maybe it's fine by them because they get to make their little money or whatever it is that they do, but your only existence is to talk about the Lakers. You still need the Lakers to make your living. That's how pathetic of a life you live. And that's how I would say it. That's exactly how I would say it. I say, you, you crack on the Lakers because... They pay you, right? Because you don't have any talent. Anyone can do that, right? I can go on right now and go talk about the Yankees, Manchester United, Real Madrid. I could, I could make a whole podcast about how Real Madrid and how about this? How about this? How about Ronaldo being 
the second best player right now. That's going to rile up how many people? 80 million people? How many people follow him on Instagram and Twitter? 400 million people? Yeah, I could do that if I was a talentless clown. So, eh, do what you do at the end of the day. When I look up in the rafters or when I look into uh, Jeannie Buss's office, all I see is gold. Larry O'Brien gold. Banner gold. And there's a lot of them. I mean, like, to the point where I'm like, when I was at the stadium during the Paul Gasol jersey ceremony, I had to, like, I had to do one of these. Where I can't see all the all the banners. I literally did that. I, I couldn't see all the banners around the marquee. There you go. That's what I got for you. Bring it. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com, and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. Bring me all of the Star Trek all of the time, and I will be an incredibly happy girl. Even if it's terrible. It's like pizza. Bad pizza is still pretty good because it's pizza. Bad Star Trek is still pretty good because it's still Star Trek. That's the way that I look at it. Just let it sit in the refrigerator for a day and be cool. That's it. Yep. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Catch our shows on Worldwide Radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. Once again... It's the Lakers fast break. It is Joe Soro, Magic Man, Chunk Rice, and me, Gerald Glassford. Thanks so much for watching and listening. Truly appreciate it. We're talking about some of these early season or preseason projections based off of what they see for the 2023-24 season. We're checking out the one is primarily today from NBA.com, where they had several writers talk about their thoughts on the Western Conference and who would be ranked where by the end is uh, the season and Magic Man, I want to ask you this. When it comes to what we're seeing with the Lakers and their thoughts on it, you know, it was just interesting who they have depending on who you talk to. I mean, I'm not exactly against the idea of the Lakers being picked for a third place finish. I think that's, you know, just you know, with the games, the amount of games that LeBron and AD will most likely miss. I think that's a fair assessment. I think that's a very reasonable fair assessment. Then you have one individual writer who pick the Lakers for fifth place. And we did have an actual, like you said, you talked about uh, your friend uh, with the 805. And then also I think one other of our panelists picked the Lakers in in about the fifth spot, the fifth or sixth spot, uh, you know, out of all the entire 29 individuals, that's most of them picked the Lakers around third or fourth. You know, that's fine. All right. That's in the middle. Could happen. Injury, things like that. But you get to see Michael C. Wright who put the Lakers seven and had the Grizzlies at the uh, near the top. It had them at second. Then you had Golden State, Sacramento, Phoenix, and Minnesota and Denver all above him. And that's what I'm thinking to myself. When you look at these rosters, my friend, and you see the depth that the Lakers have, what am I missing when, you know, there's talk about how the Lakers will finish seventh, according to this guy. I, I don't know, Gerald. Um, I got to be honest. I don't. I don't remember a damn article written by Michael C. Wright outside of this one. Um, and it says he's a senior NBA.com writer. 
Uh, I almost scanned that uh, website daily. Uh, so this is the first time I'm hearing of this gentleman. Uh, uh, however, uh, you're not missing anything, Gerald. And I don't think anybody else is either. Um, obviously, this gentleman is just prone to believe that uh, I guess what can go wrong will go wrong. Um, and he expects the Lakers to somehow experience uh, a plethora of injuries that completely uh, deficit their team to a point where they're they're in seventh place. I I happen to disagree with this gentleman. Uh, I mean, there's no, there's absolutely zero evidence to point to point to that uh, conclusion. But as you you stated this before, Gerald, a lot of times people start with a conclusion and then. Uh, look for confirmation bias just to uh, prove their hypothesis correct. I think maybe that's the case here is that, you know, you, you think that uh, it's it's probable because LeBron is 39 and AD has an injury history that either one or both of them are going to suffer injuries and therefore what happened two years ago is likely to repeat. Now, I, you know, the, the, the past isn't a good predictor for the future, Gerald. Mm-hmm. It's it, and it never has been. So I, I you know, I, I, I think this person, you know, again, the title of their opinion, I, I think they're way out base, though. I think they are as well, Joe. Uh, when we talk about this, you know, I, I understand some people's concerns about LeBron and AD's injury history, and I get that. So to put someone, you know, like the Lakers, put a team like the Lakers in fifth, that's fine. I get that, but you see, based off talent, if everything goes well, my friend, uh, I see them as one of the top three teams in the Western Conference and a viable contender for the title at this point in time with what we have. When somebody willingly already assumes that they're putting that them at seventh in their projections, it just assumes that, A, they don't think the Lakers have an, enough talent, or B, they think that LeBron and AD are going to be injured and or both. Your thoughts on that, my friend, again, I understand you don't really want to talk about these no talent hacks, as you call them, in regards to that, but kind of irks you when they don't see what everybody else in Lakerland is well, seeing. It's 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 they don't see anything because they're not seeing it. They're not studying it. They're not watching. They're, they're just like these guys on TV that you're sitting there listening to them commentate about the team, and you're like, that's not what happened. That's not what's going on. What what the hell are you watching? Are they are they saying this for Boston too? Because I will say this: Anthony Davis is a lot of things, but Anthony Davis hasn't lost a year ever. Like he didn't get injured in December and was out for the year. He's never had that. There's a little bit of the fallacy with his injury situation in terms of how much it truly affects the team. It really is my. Mind you, I know in 2021 he, he came up lame, but so did KG in 08. I'm sorry, in 09. It happens, okay? Worthy in 83. It happens. Uh, I mean, this is, you know, this is what it is. It's sports. It happens. But to say it's, I want to know, is he saying the same thing for Boston? Because Porzingis is really one injury away from not playing basketball the way he should play anymore, right? You got Embiid, who couldn't play basketball really the first couple of years. Six is a supposedly a title contender, right? Who else is injury prone in the West? Phoenix, Kevin Durant, Bradley Beal. 
Memphis has uh, Memphis. John Moran out for 25 games. Memphis has an issue with decision-making from their main guy. But I don't know if I put that in there. So I this is not the first time we've heard these things. Uh, I'm, I'm going to be pretty sure that no one predicted the Lakers would make it to the Western Conference Finals uh, last year. They went to the Western Conference Finals last year with one arm and a peg leg. So you're telling me that they're not going to play well with a team that's actually now got two arms and two legs? Okay. you, ha- you c- it, it works both ways. Are you, are you predicting that LeBron and AD are going to get injured and they're going to drop to seven or be overrated? Are you saying that? Are they saying that? That's what I want to know because I'm not going to listen to these guys. I, I, that's that's how they keep their numbers up. I'm not paying attention to those guys. I'll hear it through you or Sean or the crowd or maybe you know when I'm on social media and it pops up or something like that. But I'm not going to give those kind of guys the time of day because it doesn't make any sense. It really does. If you want to say, uh, if you want to say they're overrated in terms of being the best team in the NBA, eh, all right, whatever. But I don't think anybody's ever said that. At least, no. At least I've heard that. But it doesn't make any sense other than to rile up an audience, in my opinion. Once again, it is the Lakers fast break. It is Joe Sorrell along with Magic Man Chong Rice and me, Gerald Glassford. Thanks so much for watching, and listening. We're talking about some prognostications that were sent out by NBA.com with several of its writers predicting about what's going on in the Western Conference. And as I look at it, Magic Man. I'm as a Lakers fan, I'm kind of a little bit irked. But if I was a Memphis Grizzlies fan, I would be even more irked because they're picked anywhere from second to eighth to not even in the actual Western Conference playoff picture, according to depending on or depending on which writer that you see in this this prognostication. And I'm just like that's even a wider variance than the Lakers. So I don't even know how with the kind of talent they have on the team, regardless of the fact that John Morant is missing 25 games, how they would miss the playoffs entirely. But do you feel somewhat in that in that way, Magic? Because, again, I don't think second is a realistic option for them because of John Morant being out. But I don't think out of the playoff mix or even eighth is probably that in that same realm either. I, it just it just seems so weird, the wide ver- wider variance on, on Memphis and, and their outlook when it's only 25 games. Go ahead, Magic. Gerald, there are a few who-the-hell-knows teams in the West, and they're not one of them. So yeah. um, it's the Clippers, the Mavs, the Pelicans, and the, the Wolves. Those are the four who-the-hell-knows. They could yeah. – be anywhere from in the top three to in a couple of them may be out of the play-in. But the, I agree with you, Joe. The, the Grizzlies fall at least, even with job missing 25 games. Um, that team is well-equipped enough with depth and uh, with coaching. I mean, like, come on. I, 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 like, that's, that's just a complete discredit, I feel, a disrespect to Taylor Jenkins as a head coach. To think yeah, Brian that- Martin didn't even put him in the top eight. That's that's disrespectful. Oh, no, he did. I'm sorry. Yeah, stand corrected. Six. Six. That's right. Okay. Um, let me see who was it. Uh, John Schumann had them eighth. Wow. 
So and all huge. of the and uh, Michael C. Wright, you you know, a fan of ours, obviously, from what he did for the Lakers, actually, uh, yeah, has him second, has them second. So yeah, uh, yeah, it looks like he he wrote a little bit in Memphis too, Gerald, from his yeah. uh, from his oh, what do you know? biography. Wow, what a what a quinky dink. Uh, I'm really surprised Schumann. Uh, had them that low because he's a numbers guy. And if you look at the numbers, Gerald Memphis was actually, you know, a pretty good, uh, decent offensive team. I mean, they were, they were uh, a dumpster fire in the half court like we were, but, uh, yeah. but uh, th they should survive. I mean, I don't, yeah, that, that one's weird to me. Memphis is at very, very minimum a, a six seed in the West uh, yeah. at worst, I feel. Um, especially with their depth in the front court, they they could survive this issue with Jaw. So yeah, I'm I'm really skeptical about some of the writers' opinions on that one. Think think you're overthinking this Memphis situation, Gerald. Uh, not just not you, not Gerald, Trump. not Gerald. The the NBA writers are yeah, no worries. Kind but of no, I just want to let Alan know. No, no worries, no no harm taken, my friend. Uh, I actually wanted to hear your thoughts on this, Joe. And again, we're not making our season preview predictions. Or at least I'm going to go and do our internal thing, but not. To, uh, I'm not going to actually present them as a official, official, official until the day before the season starts on the 23rd. That's when you'll hear our full season preview for both the Eastern and Western Conference. Uh, I want to hear your thoughts on this, though. I'm looking at it. The Golden State Warriors, uh, Alan was asking, they're right in the middle fourth, fifth, or sixth. So while they're not pr predicted to be a, you know, a top elite team, the fall has not taken place maybe as fast as some others. Like we had predicted that they looked kind of old and small and slow. And, you know, maybe that's still good. Maybe they could still shoot well enough to go ahead and win a quite a few games. But, yeah, fourth, fifth, or sixth seems to be right now where they're where they're headed, according to most of these these individuals. Your thoughts on GSW? Yeah, I'm not I'm not very. I think the Lakers ended the dynasty last playoffs. I said that on the air, and I stick to it. Yeah, so I agree it's with uh, there. There's a snag already with Clay Thompson's extension. So if they don't, and I'm pretty sure he wants Draymond more than Draymond money. And uh, the Gold Star Warriors are going to have to make a decision on whether they want to compete for a championship or give their Hall of Fame stars the swan song contracts. If they give Clay, Clay Thompson a near max contract or a max contract, you you can you can flush them down the toilet. Uh, Steph Curry is the only one out of the three that still has enough. Clay would have enough if his leg wasn't shredded over the last few years and Draymond Green has been uh, fried ham for two years now um, despite winning in 2022 he was he, he almost cost them the championship in uh, in 2022 because of how bad he was playing I think his nickname that that whole playoff series was single double whatever it was mm -hmm. yeah I'm not and I, I there there isn't anyone else on that team that couldn't kind of take over either to kind of balance everything out. Kaminga, I mean, Kaminga's is, is uh, kind of reminds me of Eldon Campbell. He's, he can look like a world beater one day and then look like a complete Kwame Brown the next. Uh, they really didn't, they really 
they had the second pick a few years back, and they they hit a dud on that one. That actually cost them uh, an extension of their dynasty. They should have hit on that, but they didn't. Probably would have been better if they had gotten uh, Lamelo Ball at that point, um, especially with the way they play. You have Chris Paul, who will probably play well a little, but it's you, you know what happens at the end of the year. He flames out. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm predicting that that's probably what's going to happen is they'll probably maybe make the playoffs because they still have Steph Curry and guys that can probably make it through an 82-game season, but I don't see them going too far. I could probably – I would say if I had to predict, probably a first-round exit. Okay. Uh, that's something similar to what I'm seeing. Again, I, I just see a team right as of now. That's older, slower, and smaller. Sean. It would be different if Clay was not injured. If Clay did not tear up half his legs, uh, I think Clay and Steph Curry would be still would still be formidable. And I believe there might might have been a chance where Golden State would have probably gone after someone. Which I don't know. They maybe they might. Maybe they might be able to get somebody, but I don't know who they'd use to get that 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 next star player. Do you concur, Magic? Again, a team in Golden State that we're kind of feeling, Joe and I, that they're older, slower, and smaller, and that's not exactly the best combination. Yeah, uh, I agree. Um, and while I <clears throat> I think uh, Kuminga may have made a, a jump, I mean, is it like a Rui or an Austin Reeves jump? Because that's what they're ki- going to kind of need. Uh, if they want to, like, uh, I think along the similar lines of uh, Mr. Soro there, like, kind of like on the edge of like a first-round exit team. So you need him to step up. And like Joe is also saying, you probably need to add another impact player as well. And you're likely going to have to give up one or two of those guys. Plus, the that Gerald, they don't have a lot of maneuverability. A lot of their picks are are either stuck in uh, in uh, NBA transactional purgatory <laughs> or uh, they, they can't they can't make any other moves. Um, so they're kind of stuck in uh, this negative feedback loop where they were they're relying on um, the players that they drafted to take the next step. I mean, the, as Joe has eloquently stated over a couple years and uh, it's very true, Teams make people make mistakes, and teams make mistakes with draft picks. It's obvious that the Wiseman pick uh, has kind of stalled this uh, step to uh, contendership again, Gerald. Because I remember shortly after uh, the Warriors won the championship in 2022, uh, Laker Tom was on here uh, procl- with a proclamation that the Warriors would be the uh, the NBA favorites to win the title over the next five years. And as it turns out, they, uh, they barely got through the first round very next year and a faded exit because of us. Uh, and, and I want to, I want to say something in defense of golden state, that draft was terrible. It was other than, other, than, Lamar, other than Edwards, which. Yeah. Yeah. LaMelo ball. Yeah. 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 Uh, and then when you look down, who Obi Top Toppin, uh, Top, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Hal Burton, it's it's watered down. Yeah, it's, it's not. Down. It's probably one of the more lousy drafts from really from front to back. 
this well, Halliburton might be a star though. Halliburton, might, yeah, Halliburton yeah, might have been Halliburton would have would have liked probably that's been the, the, the haystack in that Gerald in that draft, Gerald. I think yeah, I think Halliburton would have been the third pick if you redid it, right? Lamelo would have yes. gone second, and then Halliburton would have been third. So it's it's. Uh, I take although I would take Halliburton over Lamelo personally. Would you? Uh, John, if you want to sell you? tickets? I would probably. It's want quite. To it's quite. I'm not worried about selling tickets. I'm worried about winning games. Yeah, I mean Halliburton doesn't really win games either. I don't know. Joe's right too. You got to put somebody in the marquee. Yeah, but it, yeah, it's it's a the luck that they had that won them three championships before they won their fourth. You know, the the luck came home to roost. That uh, they they got the crap into the stick. <laughs> As the second pick, could you imagine if they were able to get somebody like Scoot Henderson or, or uh, Brandon <clears throat> Ingram? Uh, no, Brandon Wright. Brandon Wright is Brandon Wright. Mi- uh, Brandon Ingram or Miller? Miller. Brandon, Brandon Miller. Miller. Yeah. Miller. Somebody like that. Brandon Wright's going actually... back in the past. Uh, hey, yeah. look, look, look. We're, we're gonna, we're gonna, Federer, we're gonna flip. Yeah, we're gonna flub a couple of these names this year, all right? That's there's so okay. many Brandons, there's there's Jalen's, there's Jaden's. Like, yes. Yeah, we got the Champagnes. You got and there's like how many how many miles bridges are there? I mean, how, how does that happen? <laughs> miles bridges. Well, there's Mikhail one last. Bridges. Bridges, there's, one, miles bridges. there's one last we found out in the last week. So <laughs> how many yes. after the Pucos do we have? Four. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's only one that actually plays, so I don't think we have to worry about that. So. <laughs> Joe, Joe makes Joe makes a, a, a good point. Like it happened to us. We saw we saw it happen to us. Um, yeah. You know that that series against Denver, Gerald. We like by the skin of our teeth, by the skin of our teeth, in 2011, mm-hmm. uh, won that series in seven games, and then we got blasted uh, in the semis. And Joe, I think Joe has a point. I think. You know they could end up being being getting blasted in the first round if they kind of keep their the core the way it is. That something needs to change with that core if they're going to ascend again. Somebody's going to have to exit, and somebody else is going to have to enter, and it's almost going to have to be like a seamless transition, Gerald. Which again, as uh, t- we talked about earlier in the email chain with everybody, like on the fly adjusting, like rarely happens like the last the last time in the nba uh, a trade was made uh mid-season that worked out on the run was twice and it was with the lakers once was pow and then the trade deadline in 2023 that's it those are the only two times that's it's happened so i i agree with you gentlemen i i think uh they're on um their last rights as far as uh, being contenders. And, um, you know, Gerald, at least they got Steph Curry, right? Yeah. And, and Steph Curry is supposed to make up for a lot of your ills, you know, and that's, that's almost unfair. Like we talked about before with USC, you know, we talked about Caleb Williams and, you know, how bad their defense was and he had to be perfect each and every game you know, in order to go ahead for the team to continue winning as is. And then once he starts really not being perfect, as we saw in Notre Dame, they got waxed. And and the same thing could be for Golden State. If, if Steph Curry is not the elite shooter and player that he has been for the past 10 years, plus, plus the fact he's in his mid-30s, he 
has to start worrying about if he can still continue to do things at the top level he can. Because the fact is, Sean, I just don't find their depth. If if Moody and Kaminga play like they played against the Lakers, yeah, that helps their depth immensely. And they're much more competitive. But we've seen where they don't give those guys enough time sporadically. They lose confidence in those two guys a lot. You know, there's a lot of big issues as far as the Golden State Warriors is concerned. When you, you know, talk about age on that team, how many players are over 30 on that team? And it really just, there's kind of concerns I see in Golden State. But fourth through six, I think it's just out of respect for what they've done. Uh, I think the Lakers, though, when somebody picks the Lakers seventh, I think they're just banking on LeBron and AD being injured, Sean. I think that's just what they're banking on. Yes, that's what they're banking on, Gerald. I think a lot of prognosticators are just kind of playing the percentages. And <clears throat> in in one respect, it's a drop, can't, can't really fault them. In another respect, it's kind of, it's like throwing chum out in the water um, in Seal Island as well, Gerald. It's, you know, it's, it's going to be a feeding frenzy, especially people piling on and, of course, with the piling on, you get uh, obviously hyperbole and over exaggeration. I think that's that's what happens here. Um, look, I, and p- obviously, like they kind of take a thirty thousand foot view as well. They don't really uh, zoom in on each particular situation. It's almost it's almost speaking and talking in generalities. And I just I disagree wholeheartedly. I mean, we we. We constantly are watching. We're constantly observing, and it there's just there's there's no evidence to suggest that LeBron or AD will miss anywhere from you know forty to fifty games. It's just that 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 it's not there. Yeah. Well, let me ask you. You can say that about anybody. Okay. Yeah. Are they saying that about again Durant, Bradley Beal, those guys? No. They're not they half seasons and miss two seasons in a row. They're not. What? So, They're not. So, so refresh me then, Magic Man. Why did 805 think the Lakers were overrated? Other than just to piss you off? <laughs> yeah, no. Because those I, are I, good guys and they do run a good show. I will never disparage them on their show. Yeah, you know, it's just, it, was, it, was just, it was just based off the fact that they think there's just going to be regression with uh, LeBron and AD with injury and it's going to affect the Lakers. Okay, so they thought it was I want to ask, ask them now after watching, well, did they watch the games? You'd have to watch well, them. Hopefully, well, we'll get one of them here on Thursday. They're good guys, so we'll ask them then. Uh, do they do a post game of their own? They, make sure that's, they, yeah. they, do, they do, but I'll, I'll ask them to come out beforehand. Okay. Beforehand, game preview. Fair enough. Or maybe just do it up before the second game of the season. Yeah, probably sounds, yeah, sounds good. That's probably even better. That's probably even better. But yeah, it's yeah. just wholly based off uh, their unadulterated, unabashed hatred for us and LeBron and AD's injury history. It had okay, and I can understand that nothing to do history. with yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. But if you're doing based on talent, as we've seen over the course of the past few games, the Lakers, when they put out you know any one of their top eight to nine players, we've seen them really do well and joe you know i know that joe has wanted to be a little bit more gentler kinder joe in these exhibition games but the fact is the lakers have played very well when they put their main players in there the only reason that they've lost like joe says 
mainly is because they kept their you know youth in there the guys in the back end the rotation the guys that like reddish or max christie who may or may not be a part of the rotation or the young rookies in there and they've seemingly given up a lead every single time except for the yesterday when they just couldn't make it back from what the de- deficit they were down but joe from what you've seen so far in these first halves gotta lead you to believe again that the lakers being in seventh place would have to only become or lower would have to only come in case of an injury more than likely they yeah. have too much depth too much youth and the parts fit too well for them to not play well it's it's not that difficult to assess honestly ad looks like he's in mid mid-season form yeah and if he's gonna play like this even if it's for only 60 games let's say yeah i hope not oh but 70 at least yeah you have no you, you're gonna have a problem and then lebron lebron knows how to pace himself but lebron knows his body I don't, I don't see how he's not going to play at least 65 to 70 games. And it's going to be much easier. Well, they to have to in order to qualify for any Right, of the, and he's, yeah, it's going to be much easier for them to play these games because I believe the depth will allow them to rest. Mm-hmm. And Darvin Ham has assets to go to to help the team uh, preserve the players, preserve – Anthony Davis and LeBron James. D'Angelo Russell, I think, if I had to pick, has probably had the best preseason. Yeah, I agree. And if if he plays this way, and if Torian Prince is hitting his shots, it's going to happen. Just having Do you think those he's two... earned a starting spot? Oh, Torian yeah, Prince? no doubt. No doubt. I think Torian Prince might have earned it in practice during training camp and then solidified it the first two or three preseason games uh, here this last week or so. And he's improved his defense. Wow. I, I didn't remember him being this this uh, consistent on defense in Minnesota. So we're going to need to see it when the games count. But I think the – prognostication looks good and those shots going in is what's going to help too i i just i don't i don't see how i haven't seen this good of a preseason in a while i'll be honest this has been probably one of the best preseasons i've seen in a while and i don't i don't know typically this this is not like the nfl where you see somebody play really well in the preseason then dog it in, in the in, in the regular season this is these guys were playing starters at the beginning of the game, and they were playing pretty well. Uh, but we're gonna need we're gonna need to come out and blast Denver. I, I'd say because we're a low rent brain activity kind of society, if the Lakers come out and blow out Denver in, the, in game one, you'll start to you'll start to get the whining uh, part of the detractors, which is well, it's only one game, and then if they spank phoenix the next game then it's gonna be well it's still early in the game so either way you're gonna probably get those guys so it doesn't really matter once again it is the lakers fast break it is joe sorrow and the magic man sean grice along with me joe glassford thanks so much for watching this thing it's truly appreciated we're talking about the already some of the prognostications for the western conference and where the lakers stand starting with the nba.com and their writers 
Want to just let everybody know that they've been picked anywhere from third, fifth, or seventh. I want to get back to you, Joe, real quick, and then Magic Man, I'll bring it back over to you. One thing off the top of my head I wanted to ask so I don't forget is you and I agreed that LeBron James should not be playing more than 31, 32 minutes max, most likely if we can keep him 30 to 20, even 28, which I don't think in a realistic world will happen. That would be just magical for us. Uh, sorry, pardon the Laker pun there. And LeBron and AD, if we could get him anywhere down to 32, 34, although you kind of disagreed with me on that one, I think, though, that you know I, we do need to, now that he's over 30, start looking at his minutes a little bit more carefully. Still, if we can get those guys under 34 minutes a game, 33, 32, I think that builds over the course of the entire season. And just the fact that they will be playing less We'll give them more energy in the playoffs when we need them the most. We talked in the last episode about how are they going to distribute the minutes and making sure that the crowd knows that a lot of these guys are not going to play in some of these games. They're going to be DMPs, not because of their skills. It's just that there's not going to be enough minutes. Mm -hmm. So let's, let's, let's take a quick scan of that. I feel pretty comfortable that AD needs to play 35 minutes a game. Do you guys agree? 35 is a good number. Pretty much. Uh, I'd like to see 33, but yeah, 35 is fine. Yeah, I yeah. could deal with that. He wants to win an MVP and a defensive player of the year. He needs to play 35, 36. He needs to play three quarters. But he him. gassed out in the playoffs. You gassed out in the Denver series. He gassed out because he was playing defense for four people. This year, he's not going to have to do that. This year, He's he's got at least also someone who can play his position when he sits down and be at least serviceable. Who was our serviceable player last year? Your favorite player, Gerald Glassford. Who was it? I don't know. Who was my favorite player? Starts with a W. Has the same letter in your last last name. Starts with the same letter as yours. His last name. You know who it is, everyone. You go ahead and say it. Wenyan Gabriel, damn it. Just say it. He's not my favorite player. Yeah, he is. Anyways, so that was our backup. Don't tell me who my favorite player is. I just told you. What are you going to do about it? No, I'm going to say, don't tell me who my favorite player is, as you tell me. As you say, don't tell me, Gerald. No, 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 no. I just did. So Wenyan Gabriel or Joe's favorite player, Christian Wood. Don't get me. If you don't clean up your act, I'm going to start talking about the Clippers again. Your favorite well, you team? up a little bit more. Your favorite team? Okay. I don't, you know, people don't know about the bracelet that you wear that's blue and red. Anyways, uh, well, you took it off tonight. So <laughs> you wear, you only wear it when you go to bed. I have a friendship bracelet that yeah. my daughter made. It's that's orange good. and black. It's Halloween good. colors. Good, there good, you go. good. Yeah. You're trying to catch up to the, to the smack talk now. I can see it. The backup players, the depth right now is different than last year. So I don't believe AD is going to be taxed as much being that he has people. And what we're going to do is we're going to use AD efficiently this year, meaning he's going to have more energy on offense instead of killing himself on defense. So 35 to 36 minutes for AD. He's in his prime. He needs an MVP or a defensive player of the year award. It's time. He needs to, he needs to be that guy this year. I was, I'm, I'd like to see 34, but that's just me. LeBron. 30, 29 to 30. Has to be. Has to be 29 to 30. If he goes to 34, 35, we, we, we might be in trouble. 
I'm not saying I disagree with you, Joe. I just know what LeBron will end up doing. You know okay. what LeBron will end up doing. You know he'll just intercede and, you know, depending on the game that he wants to play or wants to win, he'll play 34 or 35 minutes just because that's who he is. Even though you're right, he should be playing 29 to 30 minutes. But you know how LeBron will be with the coaching staff. It's like he checks himself into the game if they started to go ahead and sit him down. If, if it's LeBron James should understand that this is what he needs. So we cannot afford, we cannot afford LeBron James playing 35 and a half minutes like he did last year. We can't. Anthony Davis played 34 minutes last year, and we needed him a few more minutes more. I think that's that's if if, if LeBron is gonna back up his talk with this is AD's team, then you need to do that. D'Angelo played just a hair below 31. I think that's a good number, also. Uh, Austin Reeves a little under 30 minutes so we'll use 30 minutes as 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 a good clean number for the rest of the starters so 30 minutes for Torian Prince 30 minutes for Austin Reeves 30 minutes for D'Angelo Russell and then now you got to distribute the remaining 18 minutes to Gabe Vincent to well, Gabe Vincent's really the only backup uh, point guard, so I could I could see Gabe Vincent playing eighteen to twenty two minutes. Let's say uh, Darvin Ham puts uh, D'Angelo Russell down to maybe 28, 27 to cover for Gabe Vincent. That's good there. Then you got Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt playing twenty minutes. Let Torian Prince play twenty eight minutes. That works. Uh, Christian Wood, Christian Wood playing at least the minutes that, and I know they're going to play together at some point also, but let's just say Christian Wood covers AD's minutes when he's not playing. And let's say they indulge you and he plays 34 minutes again this year. That means you're, you're giving Christian Wood an addition, the the 14 minutes that he's playing. So that's going to be the rotation. That's going to be the eight to nine man rotation. That's going to be the consistent rotation. They may go nine and 10. Sure. But man, those guys are going to have to run a Will Hardy type offense where everything's just clicking no matter who they put in there. What do you see Jackson Hayes? How many minutes do you Jackson Hayes will likely be the guy that will probably be used when Christian Wood is injured or, AD's not playing uh, a full game because he gave you some good minutes last night he did he did he he did I I, I'm I'm not gonna say he he might not he might surprise me I know I chose him as a guy that uh might be a dud but I I I I got information from a good source Pelican fans who've watched him play the last few years and he's unfortunately doesn't Put himself in the right spots. He's an energy and athletic player. Energy and athletic players typically don't benefit the team in important minutes. They are stopgaps. So if Christian Wood is struggling on defense or there's a matchup difference or an issue with Christian Wood playing against particular teams, like let's say Denver, and you need a little bit more athleticism, you can see Jackson Hayes playing more minutes there than let's say Christian Wood. Christian Wood's assets going to be making open shots. If he doesn't make open shots in games, that's when you insert Jackson Hayes to play defense because at that point you might as well 
try and shut somebody down instead of, you know, missing shots and creating fast, fast break points for the other team. Yeah, it's, no, Joe, Joe's right. Because we uh, like, as much as we love him, there was another guy who was like that for our previous uh, dynasty drill, DJ Benga. And that although we all love Benga, um, there were I think top, Hayes is skilled, more skilled. We saw. I think he's a lot also. more skilled than Benga. Yeah, but the, I don't but know the, if you want to go put it down. Well, the issue, the, the issue was DJ the Benga. Issue, well, the issue was is that they both have the kind of the same narrative: high, high energy, very athletic. Gerald Phil Jackson once said that he often wondered if DJ Benga was still in the same universe as everybody else. I remember that. When Absolutely. he was when he looked out of the bed. So I think as long as Jackson Hayes is like paying attention, obviously he has been, I, I think he'll find a he'll find a place to uh, be productive on the team. Now now productive in your role, right? That that may not mean uh like a huge impact, but it just means playing your role is a significant in and of itself. If, if everybody is doing that themselves. I mean, let me ask you this, uh, and I'm going to take, I'm going to give you, Joe, the question here next, but let me bring it back to Sean here. When it comes to Jackson Hayes, uh, Adam says Hayes is better than Wenyon. Uh, I mean, is he better than Wenyon, Gabriel? I, I think he is. I think he has the capability. I mean, we've seen him preseason so far, what he's capable of doing. And Wenyon, Gabriel, cannot make some of the plays now he's more consistent you know the, like you said effort he can give you some little bit more consistent play from time to time but the top end of what we've seen from jackson hayes especially in the exhibition season i think has warranted him some type of regular minutes in this rotation at least oh. to start off with oh 100 100 he does he does three things well that we need desperately one he's a great touch passer out of the post I mean, not great in the post individually, Gerald, as we saw. Yes. But he's he is a very uh, adept post-touch passer, which is something we needed. Uh, when Gabriel couldn't do that, Damian Jones, oh, God, got to roll do the roll call here. When Gabriel couldn't do that, Damian Jones couldn't do that, Mo Bamba couldn't do that, Tristan Thompson, oh, God almighty, going down. And, 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 and let's, let's, let's so, say that again. Mo Bamba, Wenyan Gabriel, and for Damian a while there, Jones. Thomas Bryant. Guys, this is a considerable Oh, yeah, don't forget upgrade. the Damian Jones era, please. Yeah, five, 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 five head cases for, for one position. I mean, hell, Castleton's better than those guys. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, it was a three Stooges, and then we had a couple Shemps in between. Trying to trying to get that backup center position. You're using Joe language here. Anyway, but yeah, he's a great. I think it's talking about three speeches, by the way. Oh yeah, I know. I know. But yeah, great touch passer on the post. Okay, that's one great thing he does. He's a great <laughs> offensive rebounder, and Gerald, he's he's got a he's got an IQ enough to to tip it if he can't grab it with both hands. He doesn't try and grab it with one hand. I've I've seen that. He tips it out so his guards can grab it or somebody on the wing. And three, he hustles on every play. He's the it was either him or Scotty Pippen Jr. who was at the bottom of most piles uh, when the ball was on the floor. And he hustles his ass back on defense. 
and he really tries he really tries uh to run up and down uh the wings as much as possible we've seen him in uh iso situations with, put with guards Gerald he he didn't fend too badly he didn't get beaten too bad he stopped he stopped Podsminski on a, on a drive to the basket and then i believe it was Spencer Dinwiddie he blocked uh, against the Nets as well. So he does those three things really well. If he continues to do those three things really well, Gerald, I would say yes. It, it's it's going to be Hayes getting some, some much-needed minutes. We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Needing an edge for your fantasy football team? Listen to the guys at Inside Sports Fantasy Football for insight that will help you reach your league championship. That's Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Check it out today on your favorite podcast outlet. Once again, it's the Lakers Fast Break. It is Matthew and Sean Grice and Joe Soro. Thanks so much again for watching and listening. It's Gerald Glassford. Truly appreciate it. Quick reminder, if you're interested in fantasy basketball, please go ahead and email me, LakersFastBreak at Yahoo.com. If we you just need three slots in our league, but if there's a lot of people that want to join up, we'll start another league right here at the Lakers Fast Break that'll take place in and right around the season opener. So go ahead and if you want more for information, if you do want more information, go ahead and hit me up, LakersFastBreak at Yahoo.com. But Joe want to ask you about Jared Vanderbilt, who has been out the entire preseason with a heel injury. Uh, says, according to Coach Ham, that he'll be, or at least he's pretty sure, that he'll be ready and good to go for the opening game of the season. So I want to ask you this, my friend. Has his injury cost him a lot? It looks like it's already cost him a starting position. Has it cost him more in the rotation? Where do you find minutes for him? Probably not, unless it's a lingering injury. I don't think he was going to outshoot Torian Prince. I don't think anyone suspected Torian Prince to turn into George McLeod before he came to L.A. or Dale Ellis or Curry's Pops, you know, those guys, those types. There's – this was the the fifth – the fifth – starting spot was always going to be up for grabs. We have discussed several types of lineups. Obviously, the lineup Laker Tom wanted, which was Christian Wood and and uh, Anthony Davis as a front line, and then LeBron, Austin, and, and, and D'Angelo. Then you had what we all thought was Vanderbilt's job to lose, which apparently he has. Uh, as the as the fifth starter there, and then you also had, are we going to put Rui in there? Um, well, Rui's got to get, I think, twenty to twenty five. We all fought Vanderbilt because you needed that defensive long player to yeah. at least cover half the field, and then hope that he improved a little bit uh, with his shot. But what we got was we got Torian Prince, who can shoot, who shot forty percent before, and just happens to be playing good team defense. Uh, as well as individual defense and chemistry is all good. So I don't, uh, at the end of the day, I really don't, I'm not, I'm not too concerned with who starts. Uh, It doesn't look like Rui cares if he starts. I think he's happy he's gotten paid. And I think 
you can convince him that, hey, Rui, if uh, you play lights out like you did at the end of last year, you might be a six-man-a-year candidate throughout the year. If that happens, woo-wee, that could be another little sign that the Lakers are, are ready to, 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 to compete all the way to the end here. But that's the beauty of that's the beauty of all this. Everything looks like everyone understands, and this is something that was imperative, something that we discussed for months. It is absolutely imperative that everyone understands their role. Because we have players here that are banking on this year to be successful individually. Guys like Christian Wood, guys like uh, Reddish, uh, Jackson Hayes. They if they play well, then that could mean a, a long term contract in a year. And obviously helping a team winning a championship, even if their individual stats aren't what they wish they could be, it's still if they become an asset as as uh, individuals to a team concept of winning a championship, then that that could hold some some value for other teams. It's happened before; it'll happen again, over and over again. And the Lakers are have shown and have executed in in the short amount of time that we've seen them play here together that. Everyone seems to know what their role is and everyone seems to be pretty content. And if they start to win, if they come out the gate in the first 15 games and go 10 and five, it's probably going to continue. And if LeBron has a foot thing that keeps him out for a week, it's nothing major. It's still, I believe is going to be good. The only thing that can derail this is if there's a two to three month break from an injury from those two then at that point emotions and enthusiasm could be a problem and then the guys that are seeing the chance of maybe not being able to contend because that might shift the lakers way too low down the the standings maybe at that point they might start to look at it from a selfish standpoint so that's where all that mental stuff will, will be very tricky if they don't then, and let's say LeBron's out two months or AD's out two months and they still win, Woo. that might even be better. And on top of that, they could still look at it as, hey, we were the seventh seed last year and we made it to the Western Conference Finals. So this thing could play out in so many different ways. It doesn't matter. We don't know. We're going to have to watch it play. Magic Man, we'll go ahead and finish off this conversation in regards to the rotation minutes and whatnot with uh, Jared Vanderbilt possibly being a very situational player. We saw last night uh, when it came to Cam Reddish and how at times he actually played very effective defense against Damian Lillard. And then we saw him playing up against centers, playing against forwards, saw him on the switches trying to go ahead and play. Actually, at times, looked pretty solid. Cam Reddish and Jared Vanderbilt could be very situational players for us, so I won't be surprised, especially the fact that when it comes to what we've seen with Jared Vanderbilt's outside shot, which is come and go at best, could be very situational and could be where he get, they both, him and Cam Reddish, might get 15 to 25 minutes one night and a DNP the next. Yeah, it's very, it's a, as Joe uh, was. Same thing with Christie. Yeah, same thing with Christie. As, uh, as, you know, we've understood it. And just seeing, looking through the tea leaves and uh, hearing what everybody else has to say, it's basically true. It's the the whole that wing rotation is very fluid, Joe. You could mm-hmm. be playing, you could be playing a lot, uh, 
in a five to ten day period, and then it could be minimal playing time, um, maybe for you know ten days a week, and um, I, I think it's um, important, and we've understood it that everybody understands that this is kind of how it's going to be, that no role that no promises have been necessarily made for you get this amount of minutes you're out you're allotted this amount this person's allocated this amount no it's who's playing well at the time and who's on a who's streaky right now and that's going to dictate and matchups are going to dictate yeah it's all fluid and hopefully like gerald we know that jared vanderbilt understands this he, uh, like if and if there's anyone Laker player right now who understands that the the minute situation is fluid it's Jared because he played 32 minutes one night and then he played eight minutes another so if anybody understands that it's him so I think he's going to be really important uh to be in Cam Reddish and uh, Max's ear as well to mm-hmm. help help them understand like look just because just because uh, D Ham doesn't have you in the lineup right now. Doesn't mean you're in his doghouse. It just means that matchups and the flow of the of the season right now is dictating he goes in a certain direction. He's always going to circle back to to us. And we saw it, Gerald. He emptied out his whole bench, and he, God, we had over thirty five starting lineups for God's sake. So. Uh, like he's not above uh, either putting it in or taking you out, and at least that's an honest statement. I mean, we know now, Gerald, that despite what people think about the roles and that, is that at least you know where you stand with Ham. I mean, Thomas Bryant wasn't playing, and so he has to be traded. He didn't. He didn't really um, go into uh, a diatribe about how. You know, blah, 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 blah. Darvin Ham promises. Rob Plop. No, it was, I want it out because I'm not playing, and that's the way it is. That's business, B. That's just the way it's going to be this year. We're in win-now mode, and if you're not in win-now mode, get flying French toast out of here. Once again, it's the Lakers fast break. It is Joe Soro, Magic Man, Sean Grice, and me, Gerald Glassford. Thanks so much for watching and listening. Truly appreciate it. Joe uh, wanted to go ahead and turn to some minor moves. I know that Sean mentioned it earlier in the day, but the Lakers uh, did let go of three of their players. So I want to hear your thoughts, my friend. Vincent Valero Bodon, who was taken from, uh, I guess, one of the practice squads for the Boston Celtics. Uh, Damian Baugh, who played with us in the Summer League. And one of the most divisive players on our team, where some individuals in our chat thought he deserved a spot on the roster. Uh, some of the individuals thought he's a better player than JHS. And some of the players or some of the individuals out there thought he belongs in the G League, you know, maybe for another G League team. Well, he's going to get that opportunity because he was waived today. Those three players are waived today. I think the SBJ one is the one that's probably the most, uh, I think, uh, I don't know whether it's say divisive or. I don't even think it just he's going to be he was even going to make the roster, especially the fact that we saw in his performance yesterday, good court awareness, good vision, tries hard on defense, but can't make a shot to save his life. Ultimately, that's probably what did him in, my friend, because of his size is also 
he has to be able to shoot well, and he just couldn't do it. Small guards cannot make it in the NBA unless they can shoot. Yeah. And if you're a small guard and you don't have speed, you're definitely not going to make it in the NBA. It's a tough, it's a tough league. And athleticism and style of play has made it much, much more difficult to play in the NBA. Uh, those who think that Spud Webb and and uh, Muggsy Bogues would succeed in this particular NBA, I think I have a I have a, an argument to that. It's just it's hard. Uh, if you don't believe me, look at Isaiah Thomas. Isaiah Thomas was a scoring machine, but you saw quickly how as the new wave of style of play was coming in. He was, he just could not, he couldn't do it. He's still waiting for a job. So I want to clarify it though. It's because they were each of them signed to an exhibit 10 contract. They will receive a 75,000 bonus if they spend 60 days with the South Bay Lakers. <laughs> so I just want to let everybody know on that. So there's, they will at least be playing most likely unless a European team picks them up or another NBA t- team picks them up. If they play in the G League, they'll be playing at South Bay. So there you go. Yeah, one of the good things about Scotty Scotty's game is it will translate overseas. I think he'll have a good career overseas, whether he plays in China or whether he plays in Europe. So at least he's shown enough to to show that he ha- he has a professional career out there if he wants it. Uh, if he wants to continue to jump around into the G League, obviously he'll have that opportunity. I just don't know. I don't know what team he would end up on. Maybe a, a non-playoff team as a 12th, 11th guy, just kind of fill up the roster. That could be that could be something there for him. But if I were him, I'd, I'd go to Europe. I'd play in Europe and, and, and try and become a better player there, get cultured, and and just kind of ride that until 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 the wheels fall off. It's a tough it's a tough league, man. It, it only goes to show you how. I mean, you talk about an NBA player, someone that can be rostered, and then you talk about a, a decent role player, and then you talk about a, a tweener in terms of a starter and then a, a bench guy, and then you talk about a bona fide starter, and then you talk about a really good player who's a starter. Then you talk about a one- or two-time all-star, and then it's perennial all-star. And it's like there's so many levels to basketball – uh, it's, it's, it's how I explain the, the greatness of the LeBrons and the Kevin Durant's and, and, and the Steph Curry's it's, it's mind boggling how much better those guys are than everybody. It's, it's not even fathomable. And a lot of it has to do with the fact that their mental capacity to play professional sports with the amount of pressure that they get. I know it's not life and death pressure. But it's still some kind of it's stuff that's weighing on you all the time. It's every second of the day. What are you doing? Where are you gonna go? Tomorrow's the game. What happens after you lose? What happens after you win? You know, there's a it's a constant just imagining, imagine getting up. And the moment you get up, the neighbors are their dog is barking, their lawnmower is on. I'm trying to put it in perspective here for everyone who probably would deal with something like this. Imagine that times 10. That's what these guys have to deal with. They have to tune that out. Uh, it's kind of like arguing with uh, uh, the schleppers who say, oh, NASCAR, they just turn left all day. I go, oh, they, they turn left all day. Okay. Well, let me ask you something, Mr. Uh, you know, they turn left all day. 
have you ever taken a long road trip? Yes. Have you ever driven? Yes. I go, what's the longest trip you've ever done? Six hours. Oh, great. Okay. Have you ever not had to put gas? Let's say you went four miles. You know what? Let's say you went four hours straight. Yes, I've done that. Cool. How do you feel when you get out of that car after four hours and let's say, I don't know, 300 miles, right? Just a little bit less than what what the NASCAR guys uh, usually drive, right? Oh, yeah, my back, you know, like this, and I'm putting the gas in, stretching, and I'm doing this, and I'm, uh, right? Now, I want you to imagine this. Imagine driving two more, 200 more miles at 180 miles an hour where another 20 cars want to destroy your life and you're trying to win a race. And you tell me how hard that is. You're... You're and you have to be aware everything you're, that's going you're on. Contorting, you're contorting getting out of a car that you're cruising on for 300 miles. Imagine being those guys for 500 miles. So again, going 200 miles an hour and you have to be awake and alert at right. every single perspective, point. Perspective is easy when you're sitting uh, in a chair on your phone with your, your hand in your pants, like most of you do. Okay. One hand and then the other hand is in the pants, right? That's what most of the people out there do. I really didn't need to know that, but okay. Yeah, well, that's the reality of life, and you need to get with it, Gerald, and pay attention. So if uh, you're going to judge, if you're going to judge, if you're going to judge, that's what that is. And again, I'm trying to put things in perspective. So Scotty Pippen Jr., the beginning of this conversation, go to Europe, have a career there, make money. Uh, God God help you with your family, because I, I don't even know what the hell I would do if I was involved in that. Now, that was the main source of our conversation on Sunday. I will just let everyone know, if you didn't get our chance to check out our playback.tv slash Lakers Fast Break, Magic Man, that was the biggest source of our conversation. It's not whether SPJ should make the team. was how does that dude even go through life right now knowing what we know about his mom's love life? That's the yeah. biggest question I think that comes in hand. Yeah, Gerald, it's it's a pretty heavy, it's a pretty heavy uh, weight right now. It's Joseph alluded to, really heavy. And um, you feel bad. That's part of the feeling bad part, especially being a family man. Somebody must be feeling doing good. that, doing that kind of stuff when you have children. That's that's the the the, the sewage. That's the sewage out there. And, and just to put it into perspective, I think what's uh, what's a lot untoward and unseemly for a lot of people is the fact that this woman uh, saw this young person once in diapers uh, in the locker room. In the locker room. And that walking that, around with, with with his hand on his dad's hand and 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 walk like three, four, five years old. Yes, and not looking at. And, you know, everyone uh, gets defensive. Who are you? Who are you to judge, right? Everyone always gets defensive, right? I go, who am I to judge? I care about the kids, man. I care about making your, you know. It sounds like you're in that camp as well. So let's put famous actors like James Woods, uh, Robert De Niro, Al Pacino. Those guys are in their 70s and 80s, and they have girlfriends slash wives in their 20. Well, they had, they had, well, De Niro, I don't know about Woods. I haven't paid attention to the Woods, but when uh, you have a I child, it's like 60 year difference. And I believe Jim Brown 
had a child late, almost late in the seventies, early eighties. I'm sorry. Yeah. That is a, this, that is a, I don't even know what word to use. It's pathetic. De Niro and Pacino both had kids in the past year. Yes, that's pathetic. And I'd say it to their face, as much as I love them as actors, that's pathetic. Your children are not going to grow up with a father. You, you, you had a choice in that. You, you're a grown-ass man, okay? Are you thinking about the children? You wonder why things aren't going well in society? When you pollute children, this is the stuff that happens. Because now they grow up without a dad or a broken home and all that crap. Or they have their mom dating the guy that they're playing basketball with, who's the same age. This is the kind of stuff. This is what riles up the 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 the, the, the blood, right? Well, who are you, and what's none of your business? It is our business because we have to deal with the the back the, the backlash of that because they go into society and they become knuckleheads too. And then my kids have to deal with their kids being knuckleheads, and it's a bad cycle. You see what I'm saying? See how it works? And plus, I'm a Laker fan. I don't want that kind of environment around. Look what happened to Lamar Odom. He almost killed himself. Okay? I know LeBron, I know Le- Lamar Odom wasn't right before, but he wasn't killing himself the first 12 years being in the league. So you want me not to be kind of judgmental on something that's high-class trash that's going to come into your environment? No, I'm going to say something. No. Yeah. I'm not a perfect human being, but I'll tell you this. I will guarantee you I'm never going to go date one of my kids' friends in 30 years. That is freaking disgusting. And anyone who does that is disgusting. And I'm not going to have a kid when I'm 80. That's a guarantee if I make it to 80, of course. (laughs) That's the first requirement. You have to live to 80 before you can reproduce at 80. There you go. Uh, well, I, I, unless he's firing blanks, that's a possibility. So. Well, men, men are. Well, men, Al Pacino men, and Robert De Niro certainly men work. Men blanks. work till they're till they're dead, guys, and that's yeah. That's unless you're firing blanks, that's fact. Yeah, and, and, and again, I, I'm not I'm not trying to t- turn this into a social discussion. I know sometimes we get into that on the show, but it, I think a lot of it is good entertainment, and I and I know that, but. I don't. I just. I'm. I'm defensive when it well, you comes. Didn't, to... You didn't mention it all that again to people out there. He kind of alluded to it, but we were going directly into it on playback. You have an issue with Larsa Pippen being engaged to Jordan's Michael Jordan's son. So that's well, correct. Look, look what it did. To, to, look what it did. Look. You really think? Again, I, I asked this question on playback. You think Scottie Pippen is dogging Jordan right now because of the last dance? He did the last dance. He knew what it was going to be. What, he all of a sudden changed his mind or he wants to sell books? What, this is the first time Scottie Pippen has sold a book? He could have lambasted. He's calling Phil Jackson a racist. He's calling Jordan the third best guard in the history of the NBA. Like, what? what what's – either he's on helium or what? No, that's not the reason why. Look what just happened. And this is Jordan, okay? Jordan runs stuff, okay? Jordan runs stuff. More than you think. It's not. It's not. It's a bad environment. It's a bad environment. It's disgusting to me. And this isn't just the famous people doing this. I've I've seen it happen in and around like places like back home, even. And maybe that might be why it's triggered me a little bit, because it's kind of disgusting. I I was finding out information about grandpas going with former daughter-in-law's sisters and stuff like that. I'm sitting there going like, what the? And I, and I grew up with these people when I was a kid. And I'm like, wait a minute, what the hell just happened? It's like, 
you all just got in a, in a group and just decided, hey, yeah, you go with that one, you go with that one. Didn't yeah, matter. We're, we're we're all just getting in one peach tree. Just yeah, no, no, no. I can't. I can't. I don't want it around the Lakers. I don't want it around my thing. And I'm gonna be adamant about it. Hey, if you're if you're if that's the kind of lifestyle you want, again, I've already seen the results. So the receipts are there, by the way. It's not something that I'm just piping off and my values stuff. No, it, it's a detriment to people's lives. And I, I, I feel bad for people. I feel bad for Scotty Pippen Jr. I mean, it's it, it, that's that's a terrible. He's got to hear about this almost I, every, I, day. every day. This is social media. It, it, is it's every just, day. It, it it was a little. It, yes, and the situation was a little different than Lonzo's. That was just his dad uh, mouthing off. You know, a lot of oh yeah, that's a had, totally a different. lot of kids have had to deal with that, but this is completely like. This is when people can really get personal and twist the knife. And you know, I, um, I had some time to reflect on that. <laughs> you know, you think you think about you no. Know, well, Gerald, when Joe put it in those terms about you know okay. Larson Pippen knowing Marcus, I thought Jordan, you were talking about what he was saying last night in regards to this. And they're like, I had no, some time to think about. No, this. no, no. I didn't spend time thinking about that one. But <laughs> but we're but yeah, that. that that's kind of what makes it icky. The ick. I just it just I makes the, me I just got the, double take. I, you know, I feel SMH bad. I feel just... bad now that I've introduced people to to them actually being engaged. That's that's one thing I feel bad about. I think everybody was. Well, was you didn't like, introduce them. Period. She met him when he was in no, no, diapers. no. Just, just I, no, 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 no. I'm, what I'm saying is rather rather than actually let everybody know like the situation it could have just gone off but you know i had to let everybody know that they're engaged and joe's right it's disgusting well there you have it uh I, great thoughts in the chat room truly appreciate your thoughts on it uh they're the best lakers chat room that's out there lakers fast break but before we head on out joe and sean uh sean brought up something interesting uh, i'm gonna go ahead sean Go ahead, John. Uh, uh, yeah, no, I was I was gonna say, yeah, that this isn't Dr. Quinn medicine woman. It's for Marcus Jordan. This isn't this could be Dr. Phil. Sometimes this show gets closer to Dr. Phil. Especially when you guys, I'm not against an older woman being with a younger man. I'm not saying that. It's the it's the context. Remember, you guys have heard me say that. Look at the surroundings here. Look at the history, is what I'm talking about. You know, Malik Beasley, guys. I mean, the poor kid couldn't turn around anywhere without seeing someone who's been pumping his mother. I mean, that's disgusting to me. That's sad. That's sad. It's sad. And she doesn't give a shit about her kid. Sorry, I have to say it. It's sad. And I don't know why this became a subject, I guess, because we, people like tabloid BS. So we'll feed into that. But it's disgusting. It's disgusting that you have to do that. And it's it's been a constant domino effect of negativity to the point where every time I look at Scottie Pippen, and I love Scottie Pippen. Like, Scottie Pippen is one of the few guys before before all this stuff, like in the 90s, told you the truth. Yeah, he might have been overboard. Yeah, he might have gone rogue and all that. But the thing is, I, I prefer honesty, even if it's at the wrong time in a lot of ways. This is, this is a guy that's always been up front. And now he's a shell of himself because he's embarrassed. 
And we're, I'm, I'm embarrassed for him. I'm embarrassed for his kids. I'm embarrassed for the fact that we're even talking about this and it's revolved around the Lakers because we've already dealt with this with Lamar. Lamar almost killed himself because of this garbage. You had a, a dose of it with Tristan Thompson as well. Well, I, that wasn't, he wasn't really a Laker that long. And that's a, that's not, that, that, look, I'm not, I'm not, at the same time, I'll do whatever you want with your life. That has nothing to do with the Lakers or whatever. But again, I'm looking at the stuff that's affected people. Stay away from hot, these, these people, man. Stay away from these people. Don't idolize these people. These people are trash. You have no idea, guys, how bad these people are in real life. They're bad on TV. They're really bad in real life. These people will sell you down the river for two cents. And they'll sell their own kids and their own family for fame, for attention. So we'll end it with this. <laughs> Once again, it's the Lakers fast break. Public we'll service announcement bit. to end the show. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's your PSA from the Lakers fast break. Your friends at the Lakers fast break. Magic Man, uh, you dropped something on us earlier today. I only checked the box scores recently. I had actually taken a look at it, but it's like, oh, seems like he's doing well. Cole Swider, of all people, who's on the Exhibit 10 contract with Miami, has played really well for the Miami Heat to the point where he could be actually getting a spot on the regular team. Your thoughts, could we have been a little bit too harsh on Cole Swider? Could we have been uh, maybe a little bit more accepting of him getting a chance to be on the team instead of, uh, or at least an Exhibit 10 instead of uh, Alex Fudge I'd start off with? Mm-hmm. Sean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would, I would say of the yeah the three two ways we've got yeah I'd put Swider. I, I mean, I ahead think I said it at the time. I would have rather not have kept Fudge personally. So yeah, Fudge, fudge you on that one. Yeah, Fudge, Fudge. Us with all on that due, one. with all due respect, to... hold on, hold on. We're hold on, we're fudged. On, we're fudged on. now. <laughs> Is this about Cole Swider? You talking about the crowd? Oh, that's funny. Yeah, I'm gonna continue on. You can get to the crowd later. No, no, I'm not. I'm just gonna say what. Uh, well, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I can't interrupt. Go ahead. Uh, uh, go. Yeah, you, you already did. Yes, you already did. But I will say this: a Cole Swider. I wish him well. Uh, it looks yeah, like Gerald. Just, might, just yeah, yeah. I'll be, I'll be uh, short and sweet, so we can get to uh, the the poet laureate sorrow. <laughs> go ahead, my friend. Yeah. Uh, Obviously, you know, you'd probably want want him there instead of Fudge, but it was situational, Gerald. We uh, like we were we were at kind of like the like the precipice with Cole. Like he really needed to hit the ground running in the summer. That's that's what we thought, and that's ultimately what we heard. He played well for South Bay, but summer league was a different story. It's he was a situation. In the summer league, it was. It was, and the situation is a situation, Gerald. Right? We talk about mm-hmm. that a lot. He need. We needed him to make a move one way or the other, and you know he was kind of staying static, right? So mm-hmm. you you have to move on now. Of all the players we have now, very happy with Colin Castleton. Very happy with Demoy Hart, Gerald. But yeah, you would have loved to have that extra slot with Swider because now it looks like he's at least going to play in. I would say at least 10 to 15 games for the Heat this year if he gets a two-way. Joe, any thoughts on Cole Swider? Again, uh, he's playing well, and more credit to him because uh, 
Looks like he, he might even have a chance to make the Miami roster. A chance, per se. We have enough cool sweaters on the team. So even though he's better than average three-point shooter, you just don't think he was good enough defense. to stay? So what he what he giveth? And and everyone wants to talk about the Kardashian <laughs> curse. Hey, guys. Hey, guys. Hey, guys. There's a guy who plays in the Mile High City, and he's got the Sierra curse. That curse is real. Okay. Fair it's enough. Pretty good. It's pretty good. Yeah. It is pretty good indeed. Well, once again, it is the Lakers fast break. We want to thank you so much for joining us. It is Magic Man Sean Grice, Ox1947, Joe Sorrow. Please hang out with Joe Sorrow at LakersBall.com. It's Ox1947. He's here and Magic Man Sean Grice. You know, he's always on the internet. So go ahead, check him out on social media or right here at the Lakers fast break. If you have any comments for us after the show, please put them right below. We'll go ahead and get to him as soon as we can. But also, as well, you can go ahead and email us, LakersFastBreak at Yahoo.com. If you're interested in fantasy basketball and joining a Lakers Fast Break League, please let us know there, LakersFastBreak at Yahoo.com, and we'll send out you an invite or set up a new league if there's a lot of people. So go ahead and check it out today, LakersFastBreak at Yahoo.com. But I'll tell you what, looking forward to some more great conversation tomorrow. We're doing the seven-day thing non-stop each and every day we're looking uh, pretty good in doing so so we'll be covering more nba we'll be covering more lakers there will always be some more stories coming up and don't forget thursday 7 p.m and, and actually beautiful right now it's actually the weather's kind of nice in palm springs right now not 115 degrees i like that but they will be headed to palm springs on thursday to go ahead and play against the phoenix sun so please join joe Magic Man and myself, we won't be talking about Larsa Pippen or Scotty Pippen Jr. or Scotty Pippen on that show. But you know we'll be riling everybody up with something else on Playback.tv's House Lakers Fast Break. So for Joe Sorrell, Magic Man, Sean Grice, it's me, Joe Glassford. Thanks so much for watching and listening. Big shout out again to the best Lakers chat room that's out there and the best moderator in Search and Destroy that's out there right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast.